y'all. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Nuga Bell podcast, all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I have a passion for stories, and this is where some of the best ones get told. So join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South, and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee, a glass of sweet tea, or a nice old-fashioned, and join us. We're so glad you're here. And I'll, you know, since I'm taking you back here to the back, I'll just show you kind of how the whole thing works. Okay, that okay. sounds great. Yeah. Actually, we'll just do an intro here while we're at it. Okay. Um, on this fun episode of the Nougabell podcast, I am joined by Larry Bradford, who I met at Ruby Falls Barbecue Cook-Off Festival thing back in April. And That's right. Yeah, we met over like 30,000 pieces of barbecue. Um, and Larry is the founder CEO of Armor Shields, which you've probably seen. They are these beautiful covers that go over grills. Um, Big Green Egg, specifically. specifically. Um, and I'm here at the Armor Shields office with Larry tonight. Thank- Welcome. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, so we'll show you a little bit how the operation starts beginning to end. All right. Just kind of a summary. Okay, so the material, the, the shield starts off as a flat piece of aluminum. Okay. Okay, and then what we do is we have the, basically the shape of the egg is mimicked for mm-hmm. the, a small and a large. Okay. So it starts off as just a, like a looks like a pie like a pie plate. We spin it to the exact geometry. We curl the edges to give it a finished look. Okay. So it comes in here after that's the raw material. After that, we come over here and obviously each grill has a temperature gauge. So we have to put a hole in the shield where the temperature gauge goes. So what we do is we pop it here, and then after that, we either have it powder coated or okay. hydro dipped. That's the two things we do. This one right here has been pow- have been powder coated, so it's a silver. This particular one has a unique logo on it. This guy used to play for Ohio State, then he played for the Jets. His name is Nick Mangold. His number was seventy four, and this is his shield here. Oh, specifically for him. Specifically for him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So this one's been powder coated. May I take a I'll- picture of this? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. What is the difference between the two types of coating you just mentioned? Yeah, when we'll walk back up here, I'll, we'll have them next to each other. Perfect. And we also do temperature gauges. Awesome. Yeah. Very helpful in smoking and smoking. So, so anyway, now real quick, I, I probably should show you this. So we, we developed these spring clips. There's, four, there's two in the front, two in the back. It allows you to pop off the shield like this. It's pretty simple. And then you pop one on. Oh, okay. So they're yeah, interchangeable. So, yeah. So these spring clips have a little tension to them, and they keep the shield on there. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. So, and it took a little bit to develop. You know, mm-hmm. I'm get, we're way on down the line. I'm showing you the finished product. Right. It, it took probably a year and a half to kind of get it to where we could go to something on production. Okay. So how old is Armor Shields as a company or business? Uh, we're probably probably a little over two years old. Oh, wow. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So we're relatively new. Uh, so the two types of product that we have, we're going to have one that's solid, which would be powder coated, and then any any image that you might want to have, like this image right here, the camo, if it's a pattern, that's called hydro dipped. Okay. And so basically what hydro dipping is, they put a film on water and they dip it in there and it allows you to get an image on irregular shapes. So they do it on a lot of guns, they do it on the um, a lot of interior trim of cars, um, have hydro dip parts on there. Oh, I saw something like this on Pinterest the other day with like <laughs> dipping scarves or something. That's, that's, okay. okay. That's the same. So, so we do camo. This is a, this is a water one that's real popular. This uh, American flag is extremely popular. So you get this design all over the shield and you don't have to worry about it warping or doing weird stuff. Awesome. I'm going to grab a picture of that okay. real fast. Very nice. You've got a lot of variety here. You've got, of doing? course, the very popular collegiate yep. Tennessee. So we got Tennessee, Tennessee Chattanooga. We've got Ohio State. This is a great shield right here. This is Macaulay, <laughs> local high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love Macaulay. Oh, yeah. Um, and so right now we're just, we, we just got a license for Vandy, so we'll start doing black shields with a Go V. Oh, that'll so be nice. So we're slowly just adding schools as we go along. That's awesome. Yeah. So most of them are going to be a solid. For the people that have an outdoor 
you know, kind of a, what our upscaled outdoor kitchen, we do this when it looks like stainless. So mm -hmm. if they want to match all their stainless appliances, this is a good choice right there. Or they could just do black. Mm -hmm. This one right here is actually the color of Alabama. So uh -huh. if they want to buy their own decals and doll it up, we really, you know, the grilling is is a way for people to express themselves. When they invite mm -hmm. you over, you know, they want to cook something for you, just especially how they do it, unique to them. Mm -hmm. Now we, we allow them on the outside to show kind of what they're into and make the grill unique to them. Mm -hmm. So this a grill is on the outside is, again, continuing the expression of whatever they're doing for mm -hmm. you. So you said um, these are made for big green eggs, but do they fit other types of grills or are they just for big green just eggs? Just for big green egg. Okay. Now we've got a lot of other requests for other grills and we just tell them, you know, we're not there yet. Gotcha. We're, we are patent pending. So the patent is for all grills, not even ceramic cookers, but for all grills. Okay. We're just doing one specific grill right now. And once that goes through, you can start... Going to the next okay. one. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of really kind of, you know, what how it starts back there. Mm -hmm. And it comes in as raw product. We either have it powder coated or dip. We put the decal. Once we put the decal on it, I take it to another person and I put a clear coat on it and it okay. makes it permanent. It's almost like a car finish. Okay. So no one can tear the decal off. And where, where you saw Nick Mango's signature, um, there were, here's another example. You can see the red shield that's got Craig Ingles' name on it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, it's really unique that if somebody wants to personalize it, even to the fact that if they want to put something on it, we put his name on it. Whatever you want to put on it, we'll customize it for you. That's actually his signature. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like this purple one right here, too. Yeah, that would be a LSU fans. That. And so we did one for an LSU fan where he, he did it in purple, and then we did yellow, and they had their family crest on there. Oh, that's cool. And it was it came out really good. Yeah. And obviously, we did this one for Ace Hardware. It's a great corporate. Um they want to put hashtag the grilling place in Chattanooga, but it's a great corporate way. Mm -hmm. if, if companies want to express themselves, mm -hmm. it's a good branding play. Yeah. I like this little marble one right here. Yeah, too. that's kind of cool. And this one right here, I really like this one a lot. This is Silver Rain. Mm -hmm. Actually, Big Green Egg has a cart, and that matches the cart. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then they yeah. have another cart that's black textured, and this match matches the black textured mm -hmm. cart. It's more matte. Yeah, it is matte. Very nice. Uh, so where locally can these be purchased? Can they only be bought here or are they in other stores around town? Well, it's a big internet play. So okay. um, locally, you can go to your Ace Hardwares. Okay. And the patio shop down there off of 24. Very nice. Yeah, those are the locations here in town. Yeah. I love all of these. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. We, our, our big choice is, you know, you change them just like you would your shirt, your shoes, mm -hmm. your pants, your whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever and you're feeling that day. That's exactly right. And why does everybody grill need to look the same? Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody likes to go to the party in the same outfit, right? Right. That's very yeah. true. All right. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. It's a unique expression of everyone's personality. That's exactly right. Uh, so let's back up a little bit. How did you get into this whole world of grilling and armor shields and e-commerce and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, we were living in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I was in the wastewater treatment business. And my experience with that was we came up with a new way to treat wastewater on site. In doing so, I had to learn to run a CAD program and I designed, I designed a lot of parts and got some patents. So a lot of my stuff I had to do here I had some history behind me of how do you create a product and, and out of blank space. And so the things that I learned in that particular job like application, when we moved back up here to Chattanooga, I said, what would be a really cool internet product? <laughs> I mean, something that I could sell all over the world and I wouldn't be limited by any boundaries or store walls or anything like that. And as I thought about it, I said, you know, I'm going to have to really put my thinking cap on here because if I come up with something and China's making it, I've got no chance. Mm -hmm. And they'll put me out of business before I even get started. And so began the journey. We were at a we were at a tailgate party. It was in the fall of the year. I looked around and I mean the whole place, everybody had t-shirts, hat, watches, every logos were on everything. And we were at a grilling party and I noticed the grill didn't have a logo on it. And I said, Wow, 
The only thing here that doesn't have a logo on it is the grill. <laughs> That's the only, and it makes sense because you can't put a logo on a hot grill. It'll, it'll burn off. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool if I could come up with a way so you could logo your grill. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what how it got started. And I'd have to, I had to make this is the version you're seeing is probably it's probably 5.0. Oh wow! Yeah, it, when you first do it, uh, I was a little bit too close to the grill and it got a little too hot, so I had to start moving out, still keeping the same geometry of the of the shape of the top, so it doesn't look like a cheesy add-on or mm -hmm. some generic top that fits all grills, and it doesn't look extreme line and what I would call classy. Right. And so, you know, I tried a version and didn't work, tried another version, didn't work, tried another version. I got really close. And uh, I got a pretty, really sophisticated temperature gun and really started watching the heat. So what I did on testing the, the nice thing about the big green egg, a lot of people use it for low and slow. They keep the temperature real low and they smoke on it for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. So the outside doesn't get extremely hot. When I did the testing on it, the way to increase the temperature, you open the vent on the top, you open the vent on the bottom, and air rushes through it, and it gets extremely hot on the inside. And the outside gets pretty warm. Not as nowhere near the inside, but it's pretty pretty hot on the outside. So as I was doing all the testing, I kept it wide open the whole time. I knew if, if I could get this thing to work at an extreme temperature, the low temperatures wouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, when you get that inside up to 800 degrees, you're not going to cook it long extreme time periods because it'll just turn it, it'll burn it to a crisp. But I still kept it on there for long periods just to make sure that the decals wouldn't discolor or mm -hmm. even, even burn. Right. And so once we got that part done, then I kind of began the journey of, all right, so if this is an internet play and that's where everything is these days, the internet's always intrigued me of what a great way to sell merchandise. And it's so cool. And everybody's moving that way. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I started working on. I'm, all right, how am I going to build my internet following? So yeah. that's kind of where I am now. Um, Harold over at Ace Hardware in East Brainerd, he saw me on Instagram, kind of contacted me and said, hey, we'd really like to maybe take a look at your product. So over time, I've kind of started putting these in the Ace Hardware's here. And, nice. And I'll probably start expanding out outside of Chattanooga and start putting them in other stores. Nice. I think, now that I think now that I think about it, I saw a couple at Ace Hardware when I was here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Very nice. So they're just now starting to go in there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Pretty exciting. Yeah, and you said that'll be your first in-store point of sale. That's right. Very nice. So you said you were struck with this idea slash inspiration at a tailgate, but did you have any experience or like exposure to kind of this world before that moment, or was it just kind of a spur of the moment thing? It was a spur of the moment thing. I've always, I've always loved logo. I've always loved college logos. I think I just love the way people get excited about. They put logos on everything. Mm -hmm. I just, I just love, I just love the whole logo thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just. It's always fun. Tailgating's fun. Football's fun. Uh, football spirit is everybody. It's amazing. You go to city after city after city, and these people love their football team. They love their basketball team. They love their football. I mean, or whatever sport it is, mm -hmm. they just love to support their school. And I just want to kind of catch that ride and kind of be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, the big thing after that, like I said, I, I had some what I call engineering experience because it was going to be, I knew I'd, it was an unknown. When I first did it, I didn't know if I could even pull it off. The first clips I developed actually transferred heat from the from the grill to the shield. So I had some work to do there. I wanted to be able to make it where you could take one off on, so I didn't want it permanent. And I wanted to use the hardware on the grill so I don't have extra components to go along with the shield. So basically what you do now is you just take four nuts, existing nuts off off the grill, you put our clip on, and then put the uh, acorn nut back on, and then you're good to go. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, so easy on and off. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I'm really interested in talking to you about is your experience and path as an entrepreneur. I feel like I'm in the startup community a lot. I'm around like a lot of entrepreneurial minds and being so ingrained in social media, it's almost like trendy these days to be an entrepreneur or... Um, something like that. So I'd love to hear your perspective on 
your experiences as an entrepreneur in this world compared to the like trendy entrepreneurship of today? You know, it's, um, it does seem to be extremely trendy and everybody throws around entrepreneur and everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And, and I've heard lots of people, you get lots of different opinions on entrepreneurs. And I, I guess, you know, this, if you roll me back 25 years ago, um, we were on the cutting edge of wastewater. We got some intellectual property in that field and we were probably known as entrepreneurs, you know, 25 years ago. So how have the entrepreneurs changed mm-hmm. in the last 25 years? I don't think the spirit has changed. There's something wonderful about this country. There's always been this, America just loves new ideas. Um, and I, I, have, I don't know what the patent uh, history is of which country has more patents, but the United States has this spirit of they're always coming up with new and exciting things. And I think it's part of our society. The, the trendy part here lately is, and there's a spirit of freedom and people want to do their own thing. It's expression. There's so many things. There's so much more to it. There's always a financial part of it that ever, drives a lot of people. But there's also this, this spirit that somebody wants to do something that nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something exciting about that. Social media is probably a, a double-edged sword in the entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So many people think that they can get into it and do so many certain things and bypass things. You know, there's not a lot to bypass. When you, when you come up with something new, you really do, from beginning to end, it is a roll up your sleeve, get slapped in the face, get knocked down, get picked back up, get knocked down, pick back up. That is the life of an entre- a true entrepreneur. He likes the new part of it. It's not so much it's it's not so much getting on a boat and taking a ride. It's really creating that boat, putting it in the water. Is it going to sink? You know, you're watching all kind of things. At first it may take in water. We're taking in way too much more. This is going to let's go back to the drawing board. So there are, there are a lot of iterations and true new products type things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty, I think that's exciting. Some of the new entrepreneurs, you know, Gary V, he addressed this not too long ago mm-hmm. on one of his Instagrams, and he was he was brutal with it. Yep. Of, course of course, he's brutal with most things. But, <laughs> but on that, you know, he was talking about a lot of people are hanging their hat or, you know, saying they're entrepreneurs, and they're not. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm not going to get into whether they are or they are not. Um, I like the whole spirit of somebody getting out there and trying to do something new. I mean, obviously, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of myself. So mm-hmm. I love to see, and, and I love to see people with a lot of excitement get out there. There's going to be nays. The thing that's tough these days, um, there's so many trolls out there on social media mm-hmm. that that just like to pick the opposite side. I don't care what you're doing. They they almost like to start things. And mm-hmm. I was reading something this morning on a, a lady. She's in Australia. And she had this great recipe for prawns. It was just wonderful. And the guy gets on there and makes some negative comment. I mean, it's just so uncalled for. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought she handled him pretty well. But to deal with all that on social media makes it pretty tough mm-hmm. as you're coming along. To, do you have the hide to take what all people are going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. It's pretty tough yeah. with a social media. That, that's the downside of social media. The upside is you get to reach so many people. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how you can sit here in Chattanooga and I can, I can talk to anybody in the country or the world mm-hmm. that would be interested in, in having this on their, on their grill. Mm-hmm. It doesn't limit you. Yeah, there's no limits. No, not yeah, at all. There's no limits. And yeah. it's wonderful mm-hmm. because Big Green Eggs, are, they're in... They're selling these things. They're, they have a just as big a market in, in the European countries as they do over here. Really? Yeah, they do. I did not know that. Yeah, they're big overseas. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't often think of, like, barbecuing so much or, like, smoking and grilling as, like, I'm, like, they do it as, like, they don't do it quite as a social event as we do. We make it, like, into a party. Yeah, it's, um, it's so much a party here. And and what's it, the good news for Big Green Egg? Years ago, they went after all the top chefs in the country. Mm-hmm. All those top chefs are using the Big Green Egg, mm-hmm. and they're grilling everything on it. And most people think of hamburger hot dogs, 
steaks and brisket, and they do so much more on the green egg. Now they vegetables, desserts, mm-hmm. breads. They're doing everything on the green egg, and it, it the 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 egg does give it a unique taste. Mm-hmm. And so there's you know the chefs are really made so many options, so many recipes, and you can go on the internet now and you can cook anything if you can follow directions. There's mm-hmm. so many YouTubes, so many helpful things to to help you out to cook on the big green. It's really cool. Yeah, it's a great community. Mm-hmm. It really is a great, and not just the green egg, all the grill communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some of your favorite things to cook and grill on a big green egg? You know, um, I'm on this big brisket kick right now. Okay. I'm on a huge brisket. brisket. The first time I, t- I cooked one, it came out perfectly. And again, I went on the internet. I've, I've watched three or four videos. Mm-hmm. I looked at three three or four recipes that kind of tuned into what I do. And um, I've cooked about five or six now, and they're turning out. They're just outstanding. Nice. And they're so much fun to cook. Mm-hmm. And I have so much fun cooking on the green egg. I just, I just love it. Yeah. And so, and I've just, we just had a party uh, about two weekends ago for my father-in-law who turned ninety. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a big celebration for him. And I cooked it on there, and I got more raving compliments on it. <laughs> and brisket's tough to cook. The mm-hmm. location is it could have a lot of fat and a lot of muscle in it, but the fat does give it tons of flavor. Mm-hmm. And if it's cooked properly, I mean, it is such a great piece of meat. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really having fun with that right now. Yeah, my mom's a big brisket fan. Is she? Yeah. She needs to talk. You need to have her talk to me. I'd love to share my secrets. They're not secrets, but, <laughs> but I, I would just say techniques that I've learned okay. that make it a... So, does she have a smoker? They... my da- I know my dad's got a grill, and he's figured out how to smoke mm-hmm. on his grill. And we got him... a. Sm- it wasn't a big green egg, but we got him a similar okay. smoker for Christmas, like six or seven years ago. Okay. But they've since moved, and I don't think they took the smoker with them. And where are they located? They're in North Carolina now. Okay. So we moved around a lot when I was growing up. I went to high school up in Pennsylvania, and then my parents stayed up there while I was in college so my dad could finish out work. And then when they retired, they moved back to North Carolina. So my dad has taught himself how to smoke using his grill. Okay. Um, We've done briskets a few times. It's been a while because, like you said, it's not not the easiest piece of meat to cook. It can be be challenging. Yeah. It can be. But when we have done them, they were smoked, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'd love to share my secrets with her. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they would both. I'm sure they would both like it. And there's something about grilling that people love to share. Mm -hmm. You know, if something works and, again, it's like what we're doing on the outside – Whatever people are doing on the inside, people really like to, if they're successful with it and it works, mm-hmm. let me share how good this yep. is. Yep. Well, there may be some people out there that want to keep it secret. I call it a secret. It's not a secret, but it's kind of like the secret sauce. Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad has recently started doing smoked meatloaf for the I've last few years. i meatloaf too. It's, oh man. So good. We do that on Thanksgiving now instead of turkey. I'm a huge fan. And I, I'd call it just basically cooking. I'm, I put some wood chips in there, so it mm-hmm. is smoked meatloaf, but I've cooked a lot of meatloaf on the bread, and it comes out so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so It's good. so tender. It just, yeah. ugh, it's flavorful. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopping back to the entrepreneur side of everything, um, what advice or guidance would you offer to aspiring entrepreneurs? You know, um, it is pr- whatever advice I give, um, probably most of it's going to be redundant with everybody else. Do your homework, 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 hard work, hard work, hard work. Be diligent. Um, first of all, you know, my first question is, is it the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. You know, if That's it's, another huge thing. If it's not the right thing, don't try to force a square peg in a round hole. Don't, don't try to make it work because you want to be an entrepreneur and you're going to say, hey, look, I want this to work. You know, let the let follow the truth. Make sure it's the right thing to do, and then you know, don't try to shortcut anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we've worked hard to really deliver. The, the big green is an expensive grill. We try to do a really outstanding job with the quality of this thing. So when somebody puts it on their grill, they go, "Wow, that's beautiful." We've had so many compliments about our workmanship, mm-hmm. and they just go, wow, this is such a quality product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we want to hear. We really want somebody to say, God, this thing is built 
great versus this thing's a cheap piece of crap. Right. And people get so tired of buying something, go, this isn't worth anything. So I'd, I'd say put a lot of, put your heart into it. Um, make a real, whatever your product is for service or product, make sure it's just high quality and you deliver more than, try to deliver more than what you preach. Mm-hmm. That, that would be my advice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've got two, it looks like two sizes of these armor shields. Um, what's the price range on these? Um, they go from right at $100 up to just a little over a couple of hundred dollars. Okay. If you have a NCAA license on it. Okay. So if it's the most expensive would be an NCAA license on a licensed camo shield. Okay. So that we have two, we have several camos. Two of them, the, the big camo players are Mossy Oak and Realtree. They're mm-hmm. the Coke and Pepsi of the camo field. Gotcha. And so if you do a, a Mossy Oak NCAA, it's the most expensive you're getting. It's probably 230 bucks. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So pretty good investment, but one that will ideally last. Last forever. A very Because big yeah. green eggs will last forever yeah, that's as well. Right. Um, I can't remember if I caught this before I turned the mic on, but as I mentioned earlier, uh, Larry and I met uh, while we were judging the Battle Below the Clouds. I finally remembered the name of it. Um, at Ruby Falls earlier this spring where we tasted about, what, 32 pieces of barbecue? It was either 32 or... Was it 36? It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It, it was, was a lot. lot. Yeah, I didn't eat meat I for paced, like... I paced myself pretty good. Yeah. When they told me how many we were going to have, um, I really did one bite and one bite. And it was still a lot. Yeah. Well, they didn't... I, I don't know about you, but I they didn't tell us or tell me like what to expect. They're just like, oh, just show up hungry. And that could mean, you know, you're getting a sandwich and a rack of ribs yeah. or like us, 32 yeah. pieces. And again, like just taking bites of everything. But anyway, Larry and I bonded over a love for barbecue. Yeah. Um, what's it your was fa- fun. Yeah. What's it was your, really fun. What's your favorite style of barbecue? You know, that's a, such a tough question. <laughs> um, I don't think I have a favorite because I love I love the ketchup-based sauces. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty big into sauces. A lot of people, the real barbecue snobs, <laughs> don't like to sauce it up heavy. And I'm a, whatever I eat, I like it, a saucy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love the vinegar based. I love the tomato based. I love all the. I love tasting new sauces all the time. Everybody's got great barbecue sauces, and I like to put barbecue sauces on. I like to put it on coleslaw. I put it on everything. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, um, love all the different sauces. I love you know. I'm into brisket right now. Um, I love ribs. And it, I love I love going to new places and trying mm-hmm. new things. Yeah. And there's so many good cooks out there doing mm-hmm. so many wonderful things. And they're sharing all their secrets with everybody. Yep. And then everybody tries it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's the barbecue and grilling world yeah. right now. We we had a, I'm hoping that it'd be great if they invite us back up next, next this this coming year. Yeah. Uh, they probably. I'll change. better prepare for it next time. Yeah. I'm, I'm better. Actually, I'm better prepared because. I went and became a certified judge. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, with really? the Kansas City? Kansas City Barbecue Society. Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, what's the process involved in becoming a certified judge? It's really um, just finding out where they teach classes, and, and it's a it's a day-long process. Okay. And um, it's surprising. I thought they were going to really teach you more about how it's really subjective. They... They don't want to take this your opinion out of it, but they they put guidelines around, you know how how to judge it. One of the things that we probably it wasn't set up exactly like it should be. They you set up the max you can do is a nine. Okay. And remember we had twenties. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. So I mean it was it and each one I kept thinking that you judge one against the other. Each one gets judged on its own. Okay. Appearance tenderness and taste no matter what they come at you with you judge it just on that particular sample right there and i kept trying to compare it to the mm-hmm. other ones we all and that's, did and that's a no-no okay. that's the ultra no-no and judging contest so that first bite that we took that very first piece we ate that's something that we would have to judge like just on its own that's exactly right 
gosh. Yeah. That's that was exactly. hard enough already. Yeah, because I was worried that the next one came along. I have to judge it better. So yeah. you, you block everything out. And the first thing you look at it, you look at its appearance. Is it something you're dying to dive into? Mm-hmm. That's what you, and then everything goes down from that. Is it a nine? Is it an eight, seven, six? Okay. And then they have some things in there that make it disqualified. So that, that it gets a little bit tricky in there. The next thing is the tenderness. How tenderness is the meat? Mm-hmm. Is it over tender, under tender? And then the last thing is the taste. Right. And each one's judged individually. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing about ribs that I have learned since doing this um, judging. Um, there were several pieces that we had that when you picked it up, it just fell off the bone. Is that good or bad? That in judging, that's a no-no. Now, me personally, it's a huge yum-yum. <laughs> <laughs> when it when I can pull that thing out like a cartoon and go, mmm, daddy, that's perfect. Yeah. That it, you're actually supposed to bite it and tug just a little bit. It is supposed to come off the bone, but it should take a little bit of a tug, mm-hmm. not just fall off. Like it's been overcooked. Right. And it's really tricky. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be cooked just right. To, it can't be too too chewy, but it can't be too tender. Or, right. Or too overcooked where it just the bone just slides out. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I learned. And I was always confused about up there at Ruby Falls. I mean, because when it's that tender, it tastes oh so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't just... It shouldn't come off. It shouldn't yeah. fall off. No. Man, we ate yeah, we did. We had fun. Yeah. And our, the other guy that was with us? James. James. Yeah. Have you seen him since? Uh, in passing, but okay. we haven't, I don't think we've actually spoken since then, but okay. just kind of in passing at the market or something. Okay. Yeah. Good guy. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was... Fun event. Yeah. Like I said, my boyfriend has some very flattering pictures of me <laughs> eating lots of barbecue. Yeah. Now, so how did, how were you selected to come up there? Through my blog. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Um... North Carolina girl. So I was like, barbecue, yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you done one since? I'm not. Okay. I've had barbecue since then, but... Uh, no I, judging. I haven't judged anything since yeah. then, I don't think. That's a fun world to get into. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's I'm gonna, huge. I'm going to have to look up into certified judging. Yeah. Well, you know, there the contest, there's some big contest out there where there's a lot of money on the state. Mm-hmm. And on these judges, they're real particular if... Uh, for whatever reason, somebody's trying to sneak something through. They're really strict about how it's presented, how what it's presented on, mm-hmm. and so nobody can be in cahoots with a judge. So they split the pot somewhere. Nice. So they're real strict on a lot of the protocol that goes along mm-hmm. with that, as yeah. as they should be. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, is there anything we haven't covered that you wanted to touch on before we move on? Uh, I can't think of anything. All right, let's move on. It's time for my jar. If you are a faithful Nougabell podcast listener, you know all about what we're fixing to do. But if you're a new listener, this is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper and all sorts of fun little questions and things for us to talk about. So we can each draw a couple and then we can answer each other's. Okay. Okay. Very relevant question. What is your go-to comfort food? Go-to comfort food. Wow. That is a tough one. <laughs> um, all right. Go-to comfort food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll probably be shocked. Uh, I was raised, I drank tons of milk as a kid. Okay. I drank about a gallon of milk a day. Good Lord. I drank so much milk. Were you still, an athlete? I was somewhat of an athlete. Probably <laughs> just a, aspiring more than a great one. Gotcha. But anyway, I drank lots and lots of milk. And so milk is my comfort, you know. And I, I love peanut M&M's. Oh, yes. So I can have any time of the day, cold milk and peanut M&M's. It's just wow to me. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they still make these anymore, but I remember dark chocolate peanut M&M's. I, any, I mean, all M&M's I love. Yeah. <laughs> I love. Um, my go-to comfort food is mac and cheese. Hands mac down. And cheese. Always. Any kind of mac and cheese. Um, I made gourmet some, mac and cheese. Yes, I never put less than three cheeses. That's great. In that's, my mac and cheese. That sounds awesome. Let's see. I made some this past weekend, and I did Gouda, Fontina, and white cheddar. Oh, that sounds so good. It, do you ever put jalapenos in it? I do not, because I'm not yeah. huge on spice. Okay. Um. So you just love that cheese and uh-huh. pasta. Yep, cheese, pasta, and the cheesier the better. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yes. Yeah. What's your question? All right, here we go. 
My favorite breakfast spot in Chattanooga is. If we're talking like during the week, if I want to get breakfast before work, I love Mean Mug. Um, North Shore or Main Street, I'll go to Mean Mug, do that before work, head in. Um, or Mad Priest, now that they've got the new one on Broad Street that does the coffee and the breakfast food. Um, but if we're going like weekend, probably still Mean Mug. Wow. Haven't been. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. I what love do you it. get there? So they have, their avocado toast is really good. Um, oh, wow. So you love avocado. I do. I'm, okay. I'm, My daughter is, is eating it with like crazy right now. I, sourdough bread. Yes. Or <laughs> like really thick wheat bread okay. that's got like the grains in it and everything. Um, I love avocado toast because I am a shameless millennial. Um, shameless. But at Mean Mug, they have a breakfast biscuit. And their breakfast biscuit is what dreams are made of. Wow. It's just a real thick biscuit, and it's eggs, meat, cheese, all toasted together. And there's just some, it, there's just something about it that I bite into it, and it's just like angels sing in my head. You know, the way you describe it uh, and your passion for it <laughs> has made me, I mean, it's just, and, and it's, it's nice to hear that from somebody, mm -hmm. because when somebody is so enthusiastic about it, so passionate about it, it, it absolutely comes over to me and go, I'm going there. Mm -hmm. I've got to try. It, it is a must try for me. Yes. Now. I've, I mean, there are plenty of breakfast spots in Chattanooga yeah. that I love, but Mean Mug is just that first one that comes to mind that I'm just like, oh, that breakfast biscuit. And they've got a lot of really great stuff on their menu. They've got like a grits bowl, um, avocado toast. They've got some pastries and stuff, but that breakfast biscuit is just everything. You know, um, I've... I'm kind of torn on spots right here. It depends on I'm a I'm a fast food guy. Okay. And when I say fast food, I like to like today. I had a 60 second lunch. Mm -hmm. I had a pack of cheese crackers. Mm -hmm. So that was my lunch, and I like to if I'm really into something or doing something, um, eating is last thing in my mind. Yep. So um, breakfast is probably my favorite meal of the day. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting. You said either week weekend or weekday weekends are made for slow breakfasts mm -hmm. for me it's because usually I'm in a hurry so I can go to Crystal and I'm a huge sausage and bacon and egg guy it's okay pure. and I can go there's a lady at the Crystal over on 153 she makes soft scrambled eggs for me just like I like them mm -hmm. she gives me extra sausage patty and extra bacon and I can go in there and eat a breakfast for like it seems like it's like five bucks so much egg, sausage, and bacon, mm -hmm. and it's a big breakfast. And I go in there um, either with my wife or by myself, and I can eat literally in about five minutes. <laughs> I can slop, I can slop that food, so, and it just lasts forever. So I got that. And then um, my wife really likes to go to Fresh Start. Is it called Fresh Start? It's the uh, First Watch. First Watch. Yes. Yeah, that's right. First that one's watch. good too. Yeah, so the one over in North Chattanooga, and then they've got one over on 153. Mm -hmm. She likes to go there, and I, I can always find a gourmet breakfast there. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got the million dollar bacon. That, yep. That's pretty good. They also have good avocado toast. Oh, do they? <laughs> I'll have to try it now. Yes. But, but I've definitely got to play, try the place you're so enthusiastic about. Mean Mug. Yeah. There, I think they open at like 7 a.m. during the week. Okay. Where are they? So they've got two locations. They've got one on Main Street. Um, Where on Main? So if Feed Company is right here and Clyde's is across the street from Feed gotcha. Company, it's like a door or two down from Clyde's. Oh, okay. I know exactly where it is. And then the other one is on North Shore, um, kind of over where Edley's okay. and Food Works is. That's probably an easier one to get to, maybe. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But they're both great. Um, all right, let's do another couple. I'll go for green. What's one of your guilty pleasures? <laughs> Wow. Uh, let me finish my embarrassment. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's not a video. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, guilty pleasures. I'd say probably it's, it's funny that I'm in the grilling business. Probably overeating. You know, I love to eat. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I eat. I'm not even hungry. Or I continue to eat. After I'm not hungry. So, yeah, same. <laughs> you know, I've just, I love to eat. I love the taste of food. Food's fun. 
like pop, even popcorn. I'll eat more popcorn when I'm not hungry because I just enjoy eating mm-hmm. like caramel corn. It's like you, it's you need fun. to have something to do with your hands. <laughs> yeah. So eating is probably, you know, a, a terrible, terrible way to, you know, a guilty pleasure. Um, if we're going food guilty pleasures, take out fried rice. Um, if we're going other guilty pleasures, I would have to say early 2000s pop music. Oh, wow. It's, it's nostalgic. Yeah. It's, it's a nostalgia thing. I started making a hashtag no shame playlist on Spotify and I just like drag and drop songs as they come up that I'm like, yep, 10 year old me liked that. 12 year old me liked that. Yeah, and it's just, funny. it's like Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Like, I hated that song when it was out, but now I listen to it, it. And I'm like, oh, man, if only I were 13 again. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so, food yeah. and pop music. Okay. What was your dream job as a child? Television meteorologist. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, when you say child, what what age is that right there? That... Let's see. That started when I was like eight years old and died when I was about 13. I gotcha. Then I realized it was a lot of math and science and things I wasn't good at. And I was like, "Mm, maybe not. So I thought, oh, I'll go. I'll just do like broadcast journalism or something. Got into that. And then I realized I didn't really like being on TV. And I didn't really like the production side of things. I liked more the behind the scenes. So I went into PR and marketing. And now I have a podcast. <laughs> so life does go yeah. full circle, kids. Yeah, that's funny. What about you? You know, probably, and I'll, I'll go the same age group, probably when I was 10, 12, I, I always thought I was probably going to be a professional athlete, like a lot of kids that play a mm-hmm. lot of sports. I played a lot of sports. Even getting into my junior high years, I played lots of sports, and my world revolved around sport every season. I took the new sport on. I had some success in sports, so it made me think, hey, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I, and, and I looked at all the older guys that were in school that were great athletes. I looked up to those guys. And then I, lo- I watched all the college game. I looked up to those guys. Mm-hmm. I followed co- uh, professional sports, and I thought, those guys are cool. My dad died when I was real young. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my mom used to tell me, all about, and he was a great athlete. Mm-hmm. And so uh, his friends used to come by and tell me, oh, he was a great baseball player. He's a great football player. Told me gr- lots of great stories about my dad, uh, which was cool, but they were always sports stories. So sports was a big part of my life mm-hmm. when I was a young kid. So I always thought, well, hopefully I'll be like Mickey Mantle or whoever. Yeah. 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 I was never into sports. I played tennis in high school. That's about it. Yeah. I didn't start playing tennis till after I... God, I didn't like tennis in high school. And then once I got out of high school, I started playing lots of golf and tennis and fell in love with tennis. Mm-hmm. So, again, sports was a big part of my life. Yeah. My mom grew up playing softball and basketball, and she picked up tennis as an adult, thinking it would translate well because she was good at softball, but the swing is completely different. Yeah. But she still plays tennis to this day. That's great. Yeah. It's a great sport. Mm-hmm. A good social sport, too. Oh, yeah. So I was I was a member of Alta in Atlanta, Georgia. So 80, was my mom when we lived down there. 80,000 members. Yep. Every weekend you meet somebody new. Mm-hmm. And so it was a great thing to meet people in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. My mom still has all of her um, Alta bag tags from city tournaments and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, we've got the bag tags. Yep. We have all those. All right, let's do one more each. Okay. Let's get an orange one. Oh, okay. Never have I ever. Wow. They're getting getting kind of tough. I know. Um, I'm almost stumped on that one. I I pride myself on trying everything (laughs) once. (laughs) I'm not quite that adventurous. (laughs) Let's see. Never have I never. I am stumped. I'm sure there is, but I'm... Let's come to you, and then we'll okay. come back to me. Never, What's... never have I ever watched the TV show The Office. Oh wow! Well, I'm sure, if we do it that way, <laughs> I was getting a little more philosophical than. <laughs> it's open I'm to right interpretation. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> open to interpretation. Yeah, that is. I, I, I was thinking more big picture, more. There's lots of things from that perspective. Um, 
Anyway, I stay stumped on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me read this. All one. right. I don't know. So, and we touched on this earlier. What's your favorite breakfast food? Oh, breakfast food. Okay. If we're talking cook at home. Cook at home. What have I been doing a lot of? Again, I change. Um, I rotate. During the week, I usually do hard-boiled eggs and some type of like turkey sausage or chicken sausage in a bowl of fruit. Um, on the weekends, you know, it's getting to be pumpkin season and I do a lot of baking with pumpkin. So it's going to be like pumpkin pancakes, pumpkin muffins, pumpkin bread, wow, all that kind of stuff. So good stuff. I'm going to say like baked goods on the weekends, yeah. pumpkin scones. Really? Yeah. That sounds kind of cool. I made zucchini cheddar scones a few weeks ago. They weren't bad. I should have made them smaller because yeah. they turned out massive. So if if somebody's coming over to your house, your go-to dish, breakfast, morning, noon, or night, what dish do you create that everybody goes, wow, that is unbelievable? When my parents come to town and I do breakfast for them, I do like a breakfast casserole where you do crescent rolls in the bottom and then cooked sausage, cheese, and then you pour a bunch of scrambled eggs over it and then you bake it. Um, so I've done that a lot, and then you can add veggies and whatever sounds, you want to that it. That sounds unbelievably good. It's super easy, too. <laughs> it, like, half an hour, like, start to finish. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. My wife, she does a breakfast casserole with the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Real, hers is pretty cheesy, mm -hmm. um, and it, I love it. And then my daughter started dating this guy about six or eight months ago. He's got this sausage ball where he does... Sausage and bisquick, and then you bake yes, it in the oven. Yes, that's what I do. It's so good. I love sausage balls. They are so good. I think, actually, the recipe might be, it might be on my way. I know um, Amanda Carmichael's putting together a press kit for us, mm -hmm. and that recipe is going out in a press kit. Nice. Yeah, I mean, they are so, you can eat those, again. Just pop with them. A hand, I mean, you overeat those things so mm -hmm. easy because they're so much fun to eat. Yep. I tailgate yeah. a lot for uh, the Chattanooga Football Club, and I've been told that I'm required to bring oh, a bag great. of sausage balls great. to every every match. And yeah. I usually do. Some some weekends I just get too busy and I just don't have time. But um, Is that tailgating down there right next to the stadium? Mm -hmm. And so do, do, can you come in there? Set, do they have an order how you come in there and set up? Kind of, sort of. So... Um, Sometimes they let us use the First Tennessee Pavilion to set up, and other times we're in the north parking lot, I think it is. The one that doesn't have the solar panels, okay. whatever side that is. So depending on what's going on at the pavilion or whatnot, we kind of go back and forth. Um, we do have a tailgate crew that actually like cooks and does a whole bunch of stuff and does food for the tailgate. Um, During the tailgate or before you come? Both. Both, okay. Both. Um, and they'll base the tailgate menu based on the opposing team. <laughs> so like when we've played teams from Nashville, we do Nashville hot chicken yeah. or North Carolina. It's barbecue. That's fun. Um, Great idea. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, How many is in your group? The whole supporter group is a few hundred. Wow. Um, but those that, um, the tailgates are usually a little bit smaller. My core group of friends is probably like 10 to 12 people okay. that I spend still, a lot of time with. Still good group. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. You should do a CFC armor shield. I should. In fact, um, I had a young guy, his dad is heavily involved in it. And we talked about doing that at one point. Mm -hmm. I, I need to do that. I'd love to do it for them. Oh, it would sell like crazy. Yeah. I need to Around do that. here. Yeah. They would, and I'm sure they would love it. Yeah, I, I need to reach back out to them and do that. Yeah. When is the season? So, in the past, um, the league that we have historically been in is just a summer league. It's an amateur league meant mostly for, like, college players to, like, still play over the summer. Um, but CFC is actually transitioning into a third division professional league starting next year, which will be... I don't know the exact time frame off the top of my head, but it'll be a spring part or spring half of the season and then a summer break and then a fall season. Oh, so wow. it'll mirror more MLS, okay. um, European kind of schedule. Okay. That should be so fine. So a lot longer season. Yeah. 
but we get a break in the summer so we don't have to be out there in July waving scarves around. And so the games are packed and... We get really good attendance, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what the average numbers are this year, but the last few years we've averaged like four or 5,000. And you're an owner? Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> I was late to the it game, like, but I did. It sound like you were, you sound like an owner. Yeah. 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 Um, that was one of the first things I got involved in when I moved here. So special place in my heart. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Awesome. We are okay. going to wrap up there. All right. All right. Um, thank you again so thank much you. for joining me. Um, where can people go on the internet to find Armor Shields and learn more? Uh, www.armorshields, A-R-M-O-R, no U, S-H-I-E-L-D-S, armorshields.com. Awesome. Yeah, and you'll see the sports teams there. Um, really into custom. You go there, and if you, we've had lots of requests to put anything you want on a grill, family name, coin sand. We've done one for Urban Meyer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and he did one on the top of his grill. And there's an image on the on the internet. His dad, he called him Buddy, and they his daughter wanted to call it Buddy's Grill. And underneath, we got his signature and put Urban Meyer Urban Meyer signature on the bottom of it. Oh, that's so it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, so we'll do anything, however they want to personalize it and make it unique to them. You know, we'll do it for them. That is awesome. Yeah. I will throw the website in the show notes when the episode goes live. Okay. Awesome. Uh, thank you again so thank much you. for joining me. This has been another episode of the Nougabelle podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would very much love if you would rate, review, share, like, subscribe, whatever it is that you do. Um, thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next